Welcome to Books and Beyond with your host, Alison. Join us for half an hour of information, entertainment, reading recommendations, and beyond. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries. I know this girl, and she works in a. No, my Harama Kiara, and welcome to Books and Beyond. Ko Alison Tokuingwa, no Ireland, Okutipuna. Ketanoho or Ki Tamaki Makoto. I'm honoured to be joined in the studio today by two awesome wahine, colleagues, librarians, and authors. So I have Terry Ta'ala and Veronica Lingalinga with me. Kia ora talofa and warm Pacific greetings to you both. Kia ora, Alison. <laughs> talofa, Alison. It's so lovely to have you here. So, Terry, I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, kia ora, Alison. Um, ko tokui pēpeha, uh, ko rua pēhu te maunga, ko wanganui te awa, ko te ati haunui a paparangi te iwi, ko Terry Ta'ala tuku ingoa. Um, yeah, so um, my name is Terry Ta'ala and I am from the Wanganui River and yeah, that's where I grew up. Thanks, Terry. Kia ora, that's wonderful. And uh, Ronnie, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Salo Falava Alison, Olo Ingoa, Veronica Lingalinga, Ote Saumai, Lalafanga, Vailima, Malifa, Moutuali, Iapia Samoa. Salo Falava. Talofa, thanks for that. I know Vailima, actually. So, yeah, oh, that's awesome. Now, look, the reason we're here is that Auckland Libraries has just celebrated the publication of its first Te Reo Māori children's book, and it's called Mama He, e, Heakai Ana Mato, and which translates to Mum, We're Hungry, and it was written by Terry, and it's been translated into the Samoan by Ronnie. And the title of the Pacifica version of the book is Tina Uamato Fia Ai. Wonderful. It's a fabulous book. I really love it. So um, we were talking about this this morning and about having the two, two versions of the book, which is a wonderful thing. But we were talking about um, how interesting it is to look at both books and to compare the languages and sort of see the similarities and, and the differences. So, shall we talk vegetables? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> would we like to? <laughs> yes, we would like to. Um, it's, it's getting the right page. Um, yeah. Yeah, so um, for me personally, um, I, um, I've found it very interesting to compare um, the Māori vegetables with the um, Samoan vegetables. Yeah, and their names, um, and whether and because there is quite a few similarities. Um, for example, uh, one of the easy ones was tomato, um, which is t- tomato in Maori, and the Samoan is tomato. Oh right, <laughs> so, yeah, a, so the, a, a bit of a vowel change, but right. yeah, it's very similar. Um, um, for cucumber, we've got kukama in Te Reo Maori. And we've got kukama. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so it is similar. It's quite similar, isn't it? <laughs> Very yeah. similar. Yes. Yeah, so, and the last one from the vegetable vegetable basket um, is a very interesting word in Māori, which is rahopuru. And um, what would be in Samoan? So, for the Samoan translation, it's avoka. 
Oh, for avocado. For avocado. Oh, that's that yeah. is interesting because they they're completely different words, mm. I guess, aren't they? They are, and like we discussed a bit before about the different um, transliteration words that can yeah. come up in when you're translating, and um, so um, the word for avocado, um, avocado, rahopuru, and I'm not too sure how. Um, how descriptive we can be on, <laughs> on national radio. Um, so the literal translation is bull's testicle. Oh, how interesting. Yeah, no, we're allowed to say that. Oh, we, are, we definitely are. I think, I, I think I've said worse. We're safe. On the, yeah, we're safe. Well, because it kind of... Well, look, no, it's exactly. not my specialist subject, but it kind of does look a bit like that. That's that, true. Or what I imagine it might look like. And I'm told yeah. that... The word avocado, actually, that's the description. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. I've learnt something today. That's really <laughs> fantastic. Well done. And then we were going to also talk about the hamburger meat or mince meat. So, and that's an interesting story, isn't it? So, Ronnie, I wondered if you could tell us about how you, how you translated that word. Okay, so um, the... The word mince itself does not have a direct translation mm. in Samoan, in the Samoan language. So what I had to do was I had to try and break the word down to make sense to the child. So um, it's the longest translation, but mm. it does make sense. So it literally translates manufasi watipitipi lili'i, which means it's the meat that's been chopped into pieces or smaller pieces. Yeah. Oh, good. That makes a lot of sense. And that sure, that must help um, kids yeah. work out where their food comes from too. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like you just rock up to the supermarket and buy yeah. a, well, a and package. The of, word, I mean, even the, the, um, the processing of mints, it's not something that we grew up or is produced or practiced back home, mm, you know, it, mm. in, the word for, for us and for me, um, the word mince is very foreign. It's a mm. foreign word and foreign process, so we don't process our meat that way. Right. Yeah. Oh, int- that's really interesting. Mm. Thanks for that. So, yeah, it's so cool how we've got the two versions of the book, and but what it's really enabled us to do is to add to both our Māori and our Pacifica collections and libraries, So, which is something we're always needing and wanting to do. And the other good news is, as well as the hard copy versions, both books are now available as e-books on Overdrive. So if you've got the Libby app, you can borrow it um, that way, So, which I'm really, really pleased about. So I really just do want to say congratulations to both of you Thank on you. this beautiful book. So um, Terry, I'll come to you. When you first saw your book in print, when you you know kind of opened the box and there it is, how did it feel? Um, it felt a little unreal, um, especially because it took a, a while for us to get it to that stage. It um, it was a very slow process because we were learning new things, discovering new things, questioning new things the whole way through. Um, so to see it actually in print was an unreal experience mm. and. Fairly exciting too, I have to say. Very happy to have it being produced and looks so good too. It yeah, it, it good. really, really does. And Ronnie, what about you? How did you feel? <laughs> you think, oh, 
I'm famous. <laughs> I don't know about being excited about being famous, but I, if anything, I was pleased that we had crossed another milestone in mm. our content creations, um, you know, um, projects. So more so I'm pleased for Terry that the actual book is actually there and yeah. was there, printed and ready for the the. the the, um, for our readers, so um, yeah, I was really, really happy. I it felt surreal, mm. um, and to actually handle the book and to know that it's actually there, it's done. Yeah. The work is done. Oh, yeah, it must be. It's such an achievement. So now, Terry, the story is, it's a universal story, isn't it? The one, Mom, I'm hungry. Um, I think everyone will relate to it. Um, can you tell us a bit about the story? And because, and being a mum yourself, I'm sure you relate to it as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, so as a mum, like I have four four children, mm. um, the kids were always hungry, yeah. and they were always say coming up to me. You know, I'm hungry. I'm hungry, and I'd think, hang on, I just went to the supermarket last yeah. night. I know. I know there's food in the cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 I'll, and I'll tell them, you know, hey, you know, go and have a look in the kitchen, see what you can find. And they'll come back and say, but there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing there. And I think, gosh, what's wrong with my kids? Like, do they need to go and maybe I need their eyes checked or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Or maybe they've inherited something from their father. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, so there was, they were always hungry. They would. Never, never could find anything in um, the cupboards, even though I knew there was food in the fridge and in the cupboards. And so that's that was the kind of the knuckle of my of the story, the idea, yeah, the facade behind the story. Yeah, oh, it's fantastic, and because it is, it's such a universal story, isn't it? And um, especially with the modern woman too. So mum's busy at home, sort of multitasking. She's doing everything, um, and including um, organising. The kids, she's got the house full of food, also works out um, for money outside the home. And, yeah, so it's, uh, it is, it's a great story. And, but it's, it's very funny too, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, cool. So now, and then, um, Ronnie, um, the decision to have a Samoan translation of the book, I think, was a, a brilliant one. And um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that translation process because I know you were saying earlier that you had a few conversations with your proofreader didn't you about a couple of concepts or a couple of words mm, absolutely so um, I mean first of all um, all credit to the team again you know for deciding to um, have a Samoan version of mm. Terry's book. Thank you, Terry. Um, you know, um, but for me, um, I'm very passionate about translating. Mm. So it wasn't a hard decision at all. When I, when I was asked or when the idea was put on the table if there were, could be a translation or a Samoan version of Terry's book, you know, I knew it was doable mm. because I had that confidence in me that it can be done. And because I speak and write Samoan fluently, so there was never, you know, a question in my mind that this could be done, you know. Um, what I do want to acknowledge is um, the help of the um, 
proofreader from the Oratia mm. Publishing Company out west that we had um, collaborated with on this project. Um, and the way I say why I say that is that this is the first children's book that I have translated, literally wow. translated mm. in Samoans, and. It's also the first time that I've had to go through the process of publishing a book, um, you know, and translating a book and the role translation plays into bringing the book together. Mm. So that's very important. And um, it's really important. And I, I give credit to Oratia um, Publishing because they had some proofreaders there to, you know, um, to proofread what I had translated. Mm. And we did have some discussion. There were two words in the translation that we had some kind of like, um, you know, um, deep discussion about. Mm. One of which was the translation um, of the word um, letters, mm. you know. Um, so I translated letters um, differently from the way the proofreader oh, saw yes. it. They said that it needed... It was, they translated it as, um, literally translated it as ta latisi. Oh, yes. Latisi also translates to radish. Mm. So, and I didn't, there's no, for me, that's a made up word. Right. It's not, um, you know, latisi, it, it didn't make sense to me. So, um, I thought I again. I wanted to translate the word so that the child can understand, you know, um, the the meaning behind the word. So, mm. and that's why I used. Um, what did I use? Uh, hmm. Sorry, excuse me while I find yeah. it. <laughs> uh, tomato kukamo. Yeah, so I translated it as laula aufaisa lati, which means a leaf used to make a salad or a sandwich. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. laula au being leaf, you know, um, and then salati, fai means to or make, um, and then salati, salad. Mm. Yeah. So um, that's why I'm saying it's really important that the, the, the proofreader has a role in this because we can bounce off ideas and you yeah. can bounce off because also it brought to me the important, reminded me the importance of writing for the audience, the importance right. of writing for the right audience. And in this case, we were writing for children and we needed to speak to the child in the language that's easy for them to understand. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, that's really interesting. And because then you're wanting to... It's that also that thing about wh where does the food come from or what sort of... So yeah. to say a salad leaf yeah. means the kids think, oh, well, I could use probably use other salad leaves too if I didn't have yeah, and some sort of lettuce or... Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, like I said, I um, also... What I found important about this project is um, what I learnt from translating Terry's story into the Samoan language is the importance of the correct use of macron and apostrophe in our oh. language, um, that you're not just literally just writing something without using the apostrophe to make the sound more effective 
perspective, um, the correct pre- presentation of phenomic lateral stop in the language, and also the um, the importance of um, repetition. And yes. all credit to Terry for using the, you know, coming up with the idea to repeat because that's really, again, it's really important for the child. Yes, to and because... That's the elements of a good book, Absolutely. isn't it? The rhythm, rhyme and yeah. repetition, yeah. The, the three R's. So well done they? to Terry. Yes, and well done to yeah. both of you. Because I was thinking about when you translate something and to preserve its sort of flavour or its spirit too. That's, mm. um, yeah, but I guess you're right, you're working with really good material yeah. too, aren't you? So, yes. Oh. And trusting yourself that you can actually do it and that the work that you're doing is, you know, will mean something to someone that's going to be reading the story. Yeah, to your, to yeah. your intended audience. Oh, mm. that's excellent. And because um, speaking of the, you know, what makes a good picture book, the um, illustrations are wonderful, aren't they? They're and They've done by the well-known artist uh, Nooroa Tehira Anguna, and um, he's a, he lives on Waiheke Island, and he's really talented visual communicator, isn't he? Um, what I noticed, and I really loved how the illustrations are slightly different in both versions of of the book, and I sort of felt it it shows how much care and aroha went into to producing. The book, it was. You can tell it's done with love. Yeah, yeah, and all those those um, details. Yeah, I really love that um, one. I'm jumping ahead again because I I'm, I loved it so much about the um, the illustrations show how the mum is so capable and kind and how she can lift the couch <laughs> with one hand. <laughs> While she's super warming, yeah, super yeah. vacuuming yeah. and organising the the family, so it's like she's the typical modern woman, isn't she? The the multitasker, and she's across everything um, related to the Fano. Yeah. yeah, and but the illustrations really really show that, um, and uh, yeah, just those lovely details. But I was wondering if either of you had worked with Nooroa before. Because I know he's done a bit of collaboration with libraries, eh? Yeah, um, all credit to Nooro for um, bringing the book to life. Um, I don't know, um, I haven't spent as much time with him or have such a, a long relationship as Ronnie, so maybe she can <laughs> speak a bit more <laughs> about, yeah. Absolutely. So I've known Nooro for well over 20 years, because mm. um, back in the days when I used to work in the forefront, out in the library, yes. when I was a librarian out there serving customers, um, Nooro, I, I got, I bought. Well, I asked Nooroa to come into the library to do some a cartoon workshops oh. with some of our local primary schools out in Mangiri at the time. And at the time, him and um, Ali Kelly, another cartoonist, oh. they were doing some work on the Brotown cartoon right. show. So it was quite, when Brotown was out at the time, it was quite popular. Was and huge. so mm. I wanted to get him, either one of them, to come to the library and do some workshopping with some of our local schools, which they did. And they absolutely loved him. So I have known him for quite some time. Um, you know, um, I've seen his work. Mm. I I really, really like his work. And um, like Terry said before, all credit to him for bringing this project to life because um, otherwise if we were just writing just 
stories and <laughs> lines of words there, no illustration, it, would, yeah, it wouldn't be um, a good book. It makes it quite different, doesn't yeah, it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I know also that um, Noroa has, um, he worked on the Kiribati project up at the Walkworth Library. Yes, so, he did. So um, if any of our listeners are interested in that, they could check it out up at Walkworth because that, that was a great thing yeah. that they've been working on. And the thing with him is very, um, you know, family oriented mm. guy and he's very warm. Yes. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this on national <laughs> but to me he's like a warm teddy bear. <laughs> yeah. He's very nice, such a nice guy, very approachable yeah. and, you know, good to work with. I think he um, understands the Polynesian yes. really well and right. is able to bring yeah. that into the illustrations yes. so well. Yeah, Right, yeah. I think you can see that because the illustrations are so warm, aren't they, and welcoming. And um, the detail in, in the homes. Yeah. Um, so I love that artwork on the wall. Um, yeah. It says aroha, aloha, alofa, yeah. and yeah. love. And yeah. just those sort of little details but it just gives you a really nice feeling mm. doesn't it about the, the the family and the home yeah and um the other thing i loved in the the book that, that i felt keeps it really current was the messaging that <clears throat> we must wash our hands before we prepare or eat food okay. and um i know that that's um you know standard practice in kohanga settings but i just sort of thought um, in this age of COVID, it's really good role modelling mm. and reinforcement for the kids, isn't it's it? It's relevant. Yeah, that's that's right. Hey, um, Terry, I was going to ask you to tell us um, a bit about the community reading story time that you did at Tamatariki Clendon Library um, with the kids. It was so cute. I just was when I saw it on Instagram. Talk about overload of cuteness. <laughs> I was um, slightly nervous to do that, um, actually, because I've never given a story time before. Um, oh. I have a long career in libraries, and this yeah. is one thing that I haven't, oh, I haven't, I haven't done. Had, had um, the joys of yeah. story time, yeah. But, um, yeah, very cute. Um, so they were um, tamariki that came from some of the ECE centres. Um, so they weren't um, te reo Māori speakers, but um, with um, my colleague Pani's help, so I um, I told the story in Te Reo Māori and then Pani did a bit of translating, but I was surprised at how engaged they were even with the Te Reo Māori. Mm. Yeah, and I think, again, credit to Nōroa for... Um, the illustrations and it was just so funny I thought because the kids were like but there's no food they're hungry <laughs> but there's food there's food in the fridge you can see in the pictures but yeah they, they, that whole thing it was just funny how it came out like in real time as well yeah so yeah it's um, but they were funny so like cute that, they? yeah just so cute and um yeah and then afterwards um because our um counselor Alf Filipina oh, came yeah. as well yeah I was to have a quick chat with him and um he was telling me about his upbringing um because he's Māori Samoan he was um he's from Napui so he was just saying as um a boy of six boys in his whānau. He was also very hungry and he, mm. really, he related well to the story as well. So, yeah, yeah very funny. But the, the tamariki were just awesome. Oh, that was so cute, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, and um, actually that 
talking about um, Councillor Filipina's um, memories of the of similar sort of things happening, it reminded me that I was going to ask you this earlier and then forgot. But um, we were, you know, we were talking earlier about um, the Yufano in Whanganui, and they they were reading both versions of the book, weren't they? Um, so, um, so I'm Māori, but my husband is Samoan, and so I took the book down t- for his parents just to have a look, you know, to show them um, the um, Samoan version, Tina. And um, <clears throat> while we were there, um, one of my mother-in-law's brothers was there, and he had a look at it, and I was very surprised because he related to it in a way which I, I wasn't expecting because it's a very basic book. Um, but, yeah, he was saying that when he was a child, the the tinag always came up, like, I'm, I'm hungry, mm. that, that question about being hungry. And he said even though they had, like, breadfruit and taro and, you know, but they were always hungry and there was that, um, again, that universal versatility yeah. of the book. Um, I'm very surprised that he was he read into it in a way that I um, hadn't thought about. He was saying one of the reasons he came to New Zealand was that he wanted, you know, to provide more for his family that mm. he was, you know, nurturing. So, yeah, so there was that, which yeah. I was very surprised about. Oh, it's lovely, isn't it? And it's one of those unintended consequences, I guess, isn't it, And about how reading brings us all together. and Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And you'll get the grandparents or something might, it brings back memories That's for right. them. And, yeah. yeah. And then it creates more storytelling. Yeah, which so. I was surprised about because it's, you know, I just saw it as a picture book for kids and it's a very basic storyline. Mm. Yeah, but they, mm. they got so much more out of it. Yeah. No, it's really hit the hit the mark, mm. hasn't it? Um, I know there's a, a story in my own family that... Um, it's probably over 20 years ago now that it happened, but we still bring it up every time we get together. And it was my little nephew at the time, um, who was probably about three or four, and he said to my mother, he said, Nana, and she went, yes, darling. And he said, Alison and me are hungry. <laughs> and it was like, hey, I didn't say Alison. <laughs> but we still, you know, so it's a classic sort of thing, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and kids do do that. They do, yes. Yeah. Something needs to be done. Something <laughs> pretty quickly. <laughs> yes, I'm going to make this really important. Yes, if I bring my auntie into it. Yeah. But I think it's, you know, it's wonderful that, Terry's story, this story, took her uncle or the husband's uncle back to Samoa and back here to New Zealand, Mm, to Aotearoa, reminiscing about, you know. And then I think that's a uniqueness of this story. It's simple. The the storyline may be simple, but everybody can relate to it from a child, a baby, up to Aukuya, you know, um, Koro. And if everybody, you know, can can relate to it. Yeah, so absolutely. I, you know, I'm excited because my I have a nephew that's married to a Māori. And when mm. I told them about the story, they said, Auntie, when are we getting copies? Because they want a copy of the Māori version as well as the um, Samoan because yeah. then good, we could read the stories to our children, to their little girls. Yes. So oh, that's exciting. just wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. So cool. So um just going to ask you what advice you'd give to um, an aspiring Māori or Pacifica author who, you know, if someone might be listening to this and they think they've got a story in them, what would you say? 
I would say um, test it, test it, find an audience, um, read it to them, see what they say, what they, get their feedback on it, um, change it up if you have to, yeah, test it again. That's what I would say. And then go hunting for publishers. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. Oh, it's really practical advice. Yeah. Good on you. Thanks for that, yeah. And, um, yeah, because I think um, most of us have at least – one story to tell. And storytelling can take so many forms, can't it? It like, can. Might be poetry or mm. music or... Yep, social yeah. media. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. Forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, now, what's the next project for you? <laughs> mm, good question. Um, Hollywood. I'm, yeah. <laughs> we have an interview of CNN. And, yes, uh, Vegas. New York bestseller soon. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And, um, oh, because we were saying yesterday, if you won Losho, what would you do if you won Losho? Um, I definitely would retire and write full time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like a good. Because I think Terry's, yeah, I think Terry's kind of like awakened this hidden (laughs) talent or desire inside me, you know, to write bilingual, you know, for our children or, you know, um, tamariki of the future, because I think it's really important. Yes. Oh, well, look, we'll watch the space and um, can't wait to see what what you come up with next. So, um, so talented, both of you, and so generous of you to come on the show today. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and we know that both books are going to be huge assets to the libraries and they'll really enhance that experience of reading in our community. So um, get yourself on the list. So re- get requesting and um, make sure you, you read both of these copies. So to our listeners, thanks for tuning in today. It's This has been really fun. I've enjoyed it. Um, take care and be kind to yourselves. Haere rā, ka kite anō. brought to you by Auckland Libraries. Find us online at aucklandlibraries.govt.nz and catch the program next Sunday at 9.35pm on 104.6 FM or anytime online at planetaudio.org.nz slash books and beyond. Every day.